When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, hello, and welcome to Food Network Obsessed. This is the podcast where we dish on all things food with your favorite chefs, food influencers, and Food Network stars. I'm your host, Jamie Sire, and today we have a food content creator talking about modernizing her Bubby's traditional recipes. She is a chef, cookbook author, and Food Network contributor. It's Amy Kreitzer Becker. Amy, welcome to the podcast and happy new year. Thank you so much. Yeah. What did you cook up for the holidays this year? You know, this year I went to my mother-in-law's and I cooked <laughs> nothing. Perfect. She, she, I, that's such a blasphemous thing to say as a food blogger, but she's an excellent cook. And I just showed up with, she asked me to bring fruit, which is, you know, I definitely, definitely showed off my cooking prowess with that, but that's all I did. So. Yeah. Well, you know what? Sometimes it's nice. Like I, I, sometimes I go to people's houses for dinner and they, they're like, I'm so nervous to cook for you. I'm like, no, please don't. I am so excited for somebody else to cook. So. Oh yeah. She's an excellent cook and I'm always happy to eat her food. So I'm not complaining. <laughs> all right. Amazing. Well, you are best known for your creations on your blog and socials by the handle what you want to eat, which is so clever, by the way. I love that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Can you walk us through just some of the traditions that have shaped what we know as Jewish food today? I know that's kind of a loaded question, but no, Jewish food is super tricky to kind of explain. There's part like the rules of keeping kosher. And then, of course, there's all the holidays and traditions. So Jewish food's really evolved over time, especially as Jews have been forced to move around the world. So I think people tend to think of Jewish food as the Eastern European Ashkenazi food. We got our bagels, we got our knishes, we got our latkes. But then there's the Sephardic Spanish Jewish food, the Mizrahi Middle Eastern Jewish food. So it's this really broad, beautiful, you know, mix of different cuisines. And I think food can be different things. Like it can be Iranian and Jewish or Polish and Jewish. So I think people get, you know, a little confused with that too. So I think all those things together make this beautiful cuisine that we know as Jewish food. And, it, you know, as it evolved over time, as Jews have lived different places, you've got like, I have Mexican Jewish friends who add chilies to their matzo ball soup. I think of Malie has her scallion pancake challah. So it's really become a very broad, awesome food. 
You mentioned keeping kosher. For those that maybe are not as familiar, what are some of the kosher guidelines that are part of Jewish culture and how do they fit in with your life specifically? Yeah. So I personally do not keep kosher. I don't hide that. And part of my whole brand is allowing people to be Jewish in a way that resonates with them. So if they want to keep kosher, great. If they don't, they can they can still be Jewish, you know, <laughs> but keeping kosher definitely has led to a lot of the recipes we have today. So some of the basic guidelines are you don't mix milk with meat. So a lot of Jewish desserts are dairy free. So we've had a lot of, you know, cakes with oil in them, for example, that even though my family doesn't keep kosher, that's what we eat on the holidays. And there's no pork and no shellfish in kosher food. So not, all the recipes on my blog I do in a kosher style, but I personally have never kept kosher. And what I mean, what did you grow up with? Like, what are what are some of your memories? Did you guys keep kosher as kids and that kind of evolved as you got older or or never did? And what are kind of some of those, you know, traditions that that keep a, a warm place in your heart? Yeah, I grew up in a very Jewish town in Connecticut, but where I didn't keep kosher and most people I know didn't keep kosher. I honestly thought that was like a biblical thing, maybe until I was like in <laughs> high school. It was just it was a very weird thing. So like my you know family, we always had bagels on Sundays. I went to Jewish summer camp. We went to synagogue on the high holidays only, mostly to see what people were wearing. So that was kind of my <laughs> my Jewish upbringing. So I you know I grew up with a lot of Jewish people, and so when I moved to college, I went to college in Georgia, and there was like. A lot of people had never met a Jewish person before. I'm like, oh, this I didn't realize this was the way the world was. So that was really unique for me. But then I was able to meet Jews of different backgrounds, too, and, you know, from different parts of the world. I grew up in kind of a very, you know, everyone was kind of the same type of type of Jewish person. So that was really cool to experience. As you've kind of, you know, explored your, you know, Jewish culture through food, how do you approach kind of modernizing some of these recipes while also maintaining, you know, the traditional integrity of them? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think all food has kind of evolved over time. One example I like to give whenever whenever I do a food demo, especially if I'm talking about a very traditional recipe like brisket, for example, you know, I make a brisket that's braised in whiskey and coffee. That's I think it's really delicious. (laughs) But someone in the audience will always say, you know, they're like, that's not how my my mother, my grandmother did it. And I'll ask, well, okay, well, how did she do it? And it's always like a can of Lipton soup mix and a you know a can of Coca Cola, which is great. Yeah. But do you think like two thousand years ago they were using Lipton soup mix to make brisket? <laughs> like, of course not. Like, this recipes have changed, and you can still you know have these traditional recipes, but make them fit for the time that we're in. And I like to think if my Polish ancestors had avocado, they would use that. You know, sure. <laughs> they didn't have that. So I think you can you know have the traditional base for the recipe mm-hmm. and then make it your own. And I don't think that's a problem. Well, what are some of your favorite recipes that you've kind of done that with aside from the brisket? Well, latkes are for Hanukkah are my favorite. I always tweak a latke recipe every year. Everything I've done like a kimchi latke, grilled cheese sandwich. I did a fried pickle latke. That was that one went pretty viral. So I, yeah, pickles are also very Jewish. So that, was, <laughs> that one seems like it fits. But I tweak, you know, for Passover, I always have my traditional matzo ball soup, but just during the week of Passover, I'll make different variations. Like I think any matzo balls, any soup can be a matzo ball soup if you if you believe you just add them, <laughs> add them in there. So, so I yeah I I tweak everything, but some things I definitely like traditional too. So yeah, I mean, wh- why do you think that's kind of a, an important part of of any any you know culture food you know kind of evolving the cuisine like t- keeping the tradition, but but letting people that it, know that it's okay to, you know, have your own way of doing it or, you know, like kind of modernizing things, you know, as it fits with your lifestyle. Yeah. I think people are so afraid that they just don't end up doing it at all. They're especially with like religion or very, 
you know, traditions that have been around a long time. They're like scared they're going to light the menorah wrong or they're going to make latkes wrong. And I'm like, especially with food, I'm like, it's just food. It's fine. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> if you burn all the latkes, just order a pizza. It's totally fine. You know, I think people just are, are so nervous about it. I like to give permission for people just, just to try and have fun with it. It should be fun. And celebrating where we came from should be fun, too. What what are some of your favorite childhood holiday memories and, and what are some of those traditional foods that that you do look forward to the most when when you get into the the holiday season? Yeah, so so certain foods we definitely only have for certain holidays and I'm always like, why don't I make latkes all year? And then you know, I look forward to them more when they're just for Hanukkah. So the first thing I think of is all like the smells, like the fried latkes, the matzo ball soup, the brisket. There's a lot of like distinct Jewish smells, I think, for the different holidays. And in my family, I come from a very loud New England, Boston, New York family. So, <laughs> so there's always a lot of like five women around the oven poking at the brisket, like, is it done? I don't know. It needs 10 more minutes. Now it's perfect. You know, so that's, <laughs> I love that. And then my family's also like bakers more than they, they cook too, of course, but they're like love desserts. So we always would have just trays and trays of rugula and mandel bread and way more than you would need for the amount of people we had. So I love, I always look forward to that too. I mean, you cannot run out of food. That, no, that no. I like, I like it when, when we're done, it looks like you could feed another family. So that's, that's how you know you have enough food. <laughs> we eat it. We save it all. Don't we? No, no food is wasted. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Do you remember what was the first thing that you learned to cook? Who you learned to cook it from? Like, were you allowed in the kitchen as a kid? Or was like, like you said, like all of all of the other women in the family were, were already taking care of that? Or like, how did how did your love of food kind of start and develop? Yeah, no, I was definitely, I, I have fond memories of always being in the kitchen. I don't remember never being allowed, but always when it was time to clean, I'd be like, I'm tired. And like, <laughs> <laughs> like leave. And like, so I, like I do, I, to this day, I do not know how to clean. I'm like, I'm a terrible cleaner. So, Same. but cooking, yeah, <laughs> cooking, I could always do. So probably the first recipe I made with my mom was rugula. That's one of her, her famous ones. I mean, I just remember she'd always have these orange like plastic mixing or what do you call it measuring cups that she still kept like a few of them today they're they're probably like poisonous they're not like bpa free <laughs> or anything but like from the 70s so i'd love like measuring with that and mixing everything together and then rolling out all all the dough and filling them so it's kind of a, a laborious process but i loved all all the different steps involved so that was one of the first recipes i learned with my mom and then my bubby she and her mom were very famous for their blintzes which is kind of like a jewish crepe so they'd first make all the pancakes, lay them all around the kitchen. So you'd have just like pancakes on towels, like like on top of the fridge, like literally everywhere. And then roll them and fry them and then freeze some. So you'd have some for the future, too. So I have just a lot of memories of organized chaos with like, <laughs> blitzes <laughs> everywhere. But <laughs> Blitzes for everyone. Yes. Um, <laughs> speaking of your bubby, um, how did working through some of her recipes kind of encourage you to reconnect with your heritage in a deeper way? Yeah, that's a good question. I, you know, I always took being Jewish kind of for granted, just growing up in a very Jewish place. I never thought of it as unique or something to celebrate even. It just was like a part of who I was. So my Bubby's the kind of person if, if you're taking up a new hobby, like I'm like, I think I'm going to take up tennis. Like she'll run to Marshall's and get like tennis balls and like tennis <laughs> socks and send them to you in the mail. So of course, when I was like, I'm interested in cooking, she had my mom like scan all her recipes and like overnight them to me like in a Aww. box, <laughs> like, you know, like so cute. So enough. these recipes are just, you know, 
writing for Food Network, you you know how to write a recipe. These are not like that. <laughs> so it'll be like <laughs> brisket, season it, cook it. Like the yeah. end. I'm like, what is that? No mean? temperature. Like, no no temperature. No cooking. Yeah, no, literally nothing. And she was like, you know, like, I'm like, no, I really have no idea how to make a brisket. So I got to call her a lot. She's still alive today, too. I won't I won't say how old she is, but she's, <laughs> I'm sure but she'll appreciate that. She, yeah. Yeah. She was like, don't tell them my age. I'm like, well, they know how old I am. So, <laughs> um, But so I, I got to call her a lot and, you know, go, walk step by step through like what what she really did to to make these recipes. And I think that allowed her to kind of remember a little bit, too, because when you're doing it every day, it becomes just second nature. And that she was like, oh, yeah, that's that's why we do that. That's why we do that. So it was really special getting to spend more time with her that way. And then at the time, so when I I started my blog, I had just moved from New York City to Austin, Texas. And that was when I really decided. Uh, so I was working at a consultancy and I was bored. So I started my blog just for fun. And I called it What Do You Want to Eat? Because I didn't think anyone was going to read it. And I didn't think that was like I needed to have a serious name. <laughs> um, and I'm like, you know, that was in 2010 and I'm still doing it. So, you know, at my, I was going to do a cupcake blog initially. This, again, 2010 cupcakes yeah, were like, sure. never, they were never going out of style. So I was going to do a new cupcake every week. I loved baking. I loved having theme parties and I would have a cupcake to go with the theme. So I asked my brother if he would help me set up a, a WordPress site. And he told me cupcakes were a stupid idea for a blog and that I should do Jewish food. And again, that was like, I was like, what do you mean Jewish food? That's like, it's like saying to do a, you know, a blog on like, I don't know. It just seemed like so basic to me. I was like, what? That's so boring. But then he's like, ask your friends in Texas if they know, you know, what a knish is or, <laughs> or what matzo ball soup is. And no one, no one knew. So I said, all right, this is something fun to do. So it really allowed me to share recipes that I grew up with and traditions that were important to me with my new friends. And I was more proud of being Jewish than I ever was before. I'm interested in this process of of kind of like working through these recipes with your bubby, because like you said, there's there's no amounts, there's no, you know, temperatures, there's there's just like very basic directions, because, you know, she does it all the time. So she doesn't have to write it down. Like how, how did you kind of work through all of that with her, like in terms of like, all right, how much is the seasoning? How much is, you know, how long do I cook this for? You have to like go through it step by step with her, like on on most recipes. Yeah, well, that was kind of when I started to immediately kind of make recipes my own too, because I'm like, Mm -hmm. I can't follow this exactly because there's nothing to to follow. So I'm like, you know, I'm I'm getting everything I can from her. But she was kind of just like, you know, like when the dough looks right, I'm like, what does that mean? Like add flour (laughs) to the dough looks right. So then I kind of had to figure out like, all right, if I'm writing this, for a website that people are going to follow, I should measure the flour and then figure out how much I'm going to use. So even, you know, I, she couldn't give me all the answers because she's like, you know, when challah dough looks like challah dough, I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, and then a year later, I went to culinary school and that really allowed me to like understand why recipes work and, you know, like how much seasoning I should add just because I, I felt like I knew at that point. So that really helped me a lot to make the recipes into something you could write down and people could actually follow and use. <laughs> So so you start the blog just kind of as a a, a passion project while mm-hmm. you're you know working in the corporate world. So what what ultimately led you or or pushed you towards that decision to, you know, just kind of start over and go to culinary school? Yeah, so I I loved blogging immediately. It was just a really fun creative outlet and I was like just spending all my free time like thinking of new recipes and working on my photography and buying props and if you look back there like terrible photos. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> the recipes, I have, to, I have to rewrite some of the older ones still. But like, you know, even with me trying, they're like, 
I'm like, what did I mean by that? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I tried. I tried. So I, I just love doing it. And at the time, there was only like Facebook. So I would like write the recipe, post on Facebook, the end. Like, that was, <laughs> so it wasn't as much time as, you know, as blogging is consuming now or I don't, people don't even blog anymore. They just put it on social media. Right. But so I was like doing that. And then I got an email one day from I had an email address set up and I had that my brother set up. <laughs> so I got an email from a reader who said, you know, her mother had passed away when she was young. Her mother was Jewish and her dad wasn't. And she had started to make all my recipes. She thought a way to connect with her mom was to like through food. Mm -hmm. And this was like a huge light bulb moment for me. And she had taken photos of all the recipes she had made. And she had made every recipe I had done so far, which is a lot. Like I was doing one a week at that time. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is like amazing. (laughs) Like I'm really onto something. This is, you know, very meaningful. So I I knew I wanted to blog full time or do something with food full time. So at the time I was losing money on my blog because I I was making a lot. I was spending a lot of money on food and props and everything. And I didn't I didn't even know how people made money on a blog at that time. So I was like, all right, I can't just like quit my job and be like, I'm going to be a blogger like my parents will kill me. And also (laughs) (laughs) I have to make money. So I was like, like, I have to pay rent. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I have to figure something out. But I was like, but if I quit my job to go to school, I'm like, Mm. my parents love more school. (laughs) (laughs) So I figured out. So I like planned it out for a few months. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, no Jewish parents mad if I get more schooling. (laughs) So I quit my job, but I planned it out for like a little bit. Like I saved money for a few months. You know, so I was like going to pay for school. And then I started working as a someone found my blog and asked if I did private chef work. And I said, of course, even though I had never done that. So I started being a private chef and then I worked doing cooking demos at a supermarket, which was actually like one of my favorite jobs I've ever had. Like I could talk Aww. about that. I like loved it. I loved all the people there. Like, it was just, I don't know, it was so fun. And then I also worked at a bar selling jello shots. <laughs> and that's where I made, that's how I really paid the rent. Cause like the su- of course. supermarket did not pay me very well, but, <laughs> but jello shots pay. So that's, that's kind of what I did. So it was like a really, I was like, all right, I'm in my mid twenties now. This is like kind of like wacky. Like I went to college and now I'm like working at a bar on the weekends and all my other friends were like going out having fun. I'm like, did I make the right decision? Like I was, you know, working at the supermarket in the e- in the evenings and going to culinary school during the day. But it was like one of the it was a full year program I did. And it was one of the most fun years of my life. So I'm really happy I did it. And I met like the most interesting people I never would have met otherwise. And our culinary school was everyone from like high school graduates that were 18 to like seven year olds on their next career. So we'd mm-hmm. all go out together. People are probably like, who, how does people know each other? Like, why? And like a very diverse group, like ethnically and stuff. They're probably like, this is a real weird group of people, but it was so fun. So I'm really, really glad I did that. And it really helped me like take cooking more seriously and like believe that I could do blogging more seriously too. What, what specifically did you learn in culinary school that like you had not learned, you know, from the family recipes and growing up, you know, around the, you know, the food that, that you, you know, love so much? Yeah. I mean, I think my, my family, they're not, you know, not professional cooks. And in school, we learned more about techniques. So they, we would follow recipes, but then it was kind of like, why does this work the way it does? And that really allowed me to develop my own recipes and also like, you know, know, you know, when my bubby would be like, oh, make brisket till it's done. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> like, does it because I, I don't before I went to culinary school, I just had like, no, I, I was like, is that 10 minutes or is that like 10 hours? I have no idea. And then I kind of understand like, oh, why you braise brisket versus like sauteing it, for example. So that really helped. That was what I learned the most. And then I just cooked like all day, every day. So it just mm-hmm. gave me a lot of confidence in, in cooking. Uh, you mentioned, you know, one of those early emails from somebody from one of your readers that had been, you know, making all of your recipes. 
What does it mean to you when you get messages like that or tags from people now on social media making your recipes and and really, you know, being invested in, in the things that you are doing and putting out there? Yeah, that's still by far my favorite part about blogging is connecting with people. When my cookbook came out, I went on a book tour and I went to like 40 different cities and I met people that had been reading my book, my blog for years. And like, they're like, oh, like, remember me? Like I made Google for my mother-in-law and she loved it. I was like, I do remember you. Like that, that was amazing. <laughs> Your mother-in-law was tough. So like, I, I don't know, there's just like the, even I've been blogging since 2010 and I still save all the emails I get in a folder. I know ne- I've never looked back at them, but I'm always like, if I have a real like low self-esteem day, I'm just going to like read people yeah. saying how amazing I am. I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, one, it just seems like a good thing to have just in, just in case. Yeah. But, yeah. I just, I love hearing from people, especially around the holidays, I get a lot more people making my recipes and to see them being able to celebrate and a lot of people hosting maybe, especially during the pandemic, people were hosting for the first time and they were nervous about it. I would like guide them through it a little bit. And so that that is like super meaningful. And it's kind of why I started, not why I started my blog initially, but why I continued. And it's still like why I continue today is like to connect with people in that way. Uh, So no regrets looking back, I, I take it. No, I mean, it's like if I... Like when I started my blog, I had no idea I'd still be doing it today, like at all, or that I, you know, I, who no one, no one knew like what the internet was going to be like or anything, <laughs> you know, like with like TikTok now and everything. But yeah, it's, I love the way my career has grown throughout the years. And now I have a cookbook and I have a online um, Jewish gift store too. So it kind of all goes together. Yeah, absolutely. And the career shift has also landed you in some really exciting opportunities, including a spot on Guy's Grocery Games. What was that experience like? <laughs> oh, yeah, that was so fun. I lo- I'm i like a big Guy Fieri fan. I always like, <laughs> like people are like, how was it? I was like, Guy's the best. He's so nice. <laughs> like, like he had like read, he had like definitely like spent time like looking at all of our blogs and like not just the first page, you know, and like had like very thoughtful things to say. So the whole the whole experience was was super cool. And, you know, I'm not I cook at home. I've never cooked at a restaurant. So I'm not used to cooking under a time pressure. I'm very, I'm very leisurely. Like I put on a podcast. Yeah, I'm just like dicing onion. And they're like, yeah, all right, you have like 20 minutes. Like you better you better move. So <laughs> that was the hardest part for me. But I would love to do another show like that again. It was it was super fun and challenging. It's scale one to 10. How nervous were you before those cameras started rolling? Oh, it was, I, like, I think I was just so, it just happened so fast. Like, I don't, I think I didn't even have time to be nervous. I was just like on pure adrenaline. <laughs> Sometimes that's the best way, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think looking back, I was like, wow, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, if you had time to think about it, you might have backed out. Yeah. Exactly. I think that, exactly. I, I no, think I was just like, pro- I have to do it. I have to, like, I have of course. to. Of course. Yeah. Just say yes. I was like, like, I was like just, just don't, like, com- I was like, as long as I don't completely humiliate myself, like, <laughs> I, it'll be fine. So. It's like the private chef stuff. Just keep saying yes. Just and do, yeah, figure it out. <laughs> that's kind of how my whole career has gone. I've just said yes. Whenever anyone's like, can you do this? I'm like, sure. <laughs> and then it usually works out. <laughs> it usually works out. I love that. When we come back, Amy talks about whipping up a mouthwatering menu for Food Network's digital series, Served Family Style. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. 
no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, speaking of Food Network, you and your mom whipped up a mouthwatering menu for foodnetwork.com, including apple cardamom cake, rainbow sprinkle mandel bread, and Yom Kippur breakfast blintzes. This is on the digital series Served Family Style. How important is it to continue to cook these passed down recipes with the women in your family? Yeah, these recipes were, were super special because they were all ones that came from my great-grandma oh, um, wow. and ones that... My mom was very interested in cooking and she would follow. They weren't written down at all, like not even in chicken scratch. So she would <laughs> follow my great grandma around, like writing things down. And, you know, they're ones we've had in our family for a long time. Now on my blog, I've, you know, not all my recipes are, are family recipes. So these were, were super special. And then I put my own twist on them, of course. They're, they're not course. 100% <laughs> what my great grandma made. And I actually I asked my mom and, you know, I was like, oh, wait, what, what would she think of, of these twists? And my mom was like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, just say she'd love them. We're on TV. Or <laughs> they're filming this like <laughs> but no it was great so it was super special like my mom lives in Connecticut I live in California now so when I was actually testing the recipes she happened to be in town to visit me and, and my daughter too so I got to test them with her which was really great like I got her feedback like I had some of them I hadn't made I hadn't made blintzes with her in like years so got to like go through them together and see what she did and then my daughter was there and like got to like observe even Aww. though she was only a few months old <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think I think she absorbed it you know of so course. that was like just like a super special kind of full circle moment since I started with my Bubby's recipes and kind of now to go be a, you know this cool Food Network digital series with my mom making these recipes was just really incredible. What was it like working with your mom? Had you guys kind of done anything like that together? And, and yeah, how did, how did, how did joked, it all go? <laughs> she kind of joked when we first when I first started blogging, I got invited to go to 
Google Plus and do some uh-huh. live videos, which doesn't Google Plus, I don't think is a thing anymore. So we, they were live. And so she was just so nervous. She, the whole time she just stood there like, you know, like a deer in headlights. And so she was, <laughs> I was like, this is different. They're going to edit it. Like, you'll do great. And then afterward, when the videos came out, she was like, did I upstage you? She's like, am I the star? Like, <laughs> oh. so it like totally went to her head. She's like, show me. Today she texted me from the hair salon. She's like, everyone loves our videos. I'm like, oh. great. <laughs> So yeah, so now she's a, she let it go to her head. She's a celebrity. No, she's, I mean, look but, out. She might but, <laughs> she might be coming it for was her so job. Fun. Yeah, yeah. She was like, you know, no, I know she's she was really good. And they, you know, they they brought us lunch and they were like, what do you want for lunch? I was like, whatever. And I was like, well, I, I have a few things I would like for lunch. <laughs> she's like, let me. She's just like, so my yeah, writer. Yeah, yes, right, exactly. She's like, oh, you need to pick out the blue M and M's, please. Like, you know, so. <laughs> oh, but no, it was super fun um, working with her, and I would I would absolutely do it again. She's she's hilarious, and we just had the best time. What were some of the the twists that you put on some of these family recipes? So the let's see the blintzes. So normally my my bubby would fill them with farmer's cheese, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like a a ricotta type cheese mixture. So I wanted something similar and I wanted it savory though. So I did a spanakopita blintz, mm. and we, my family we also have some Greek roots. So my my mom's maiden name is Greek, and I thought that would be kind of a fun way, another nod to my family. And sure. plus, like who doesn't like spinach and feta and of cheesy course. deliciousness. <laughs> so that was that one. The mandel bread, my my bubby would always do with like a marmalade filling and kind of something I, I've always loved to use. Our, I like to add a lot of color to food mm-hmm. and Jewish food especially is very brown. I think <laughs> I think the best food is brown to be sure. fair. Like, you like know, Thanksgiving is all Thanksgiving, brown. Thanksgiving, <laughs> very brown. Exactly. Like potato luck is brown, chopped liver brown, collar sure. brown. So I try to add color. So I try to make it natural, but sometimes it's not. So I wanted to add just some fun like rainbow sprinkles to mandel bread and then I added chocolate chips too. So that was kind of a simple. It was the dough was was hers, and then just added in just some extra kind of fun additions. And then the apple cake. So that was mostly her cake. She has she has a lot of vanilla and a lot of spices in the cake. So I added some cardamom too, which is more of a, a Middle Eastern spice that definitely more Ashkenazi Jews wouldn't have used. But I love the warm cardamom kind of love. chai tea mm-hmm. flavor. So I added some of that. And then she would either not serve it with a glaze or do just like a simple lemon and powdered sugar kind of drizzle on it. So I did because for Rosh Hashanah, you have apples and honey for a sweet new year. The cake has apples. So I did a honey tahini glaze, which adds like a real like nutty, sweet kind of topping. Um, I lo- I'm a frosting girl, so I always like a glaze on everything, too. So and then I think that added in a little more. Again, with like the Middle Eastern, the cardamom and the tahini, and then adds, and then I put some pomegranate arils on top too for for color. Because <laughs> in pomegranate, it's a traditional Rosh Hashanah food oh, too. Okay, yeah, it's a new new fruit for the new year kind of a thing. Okay, love I love all yeah. of that. What about you know you mentioned your daughter. Do you hope to cook with her when she's old enough? Yes, we already cooked together. So oh, you she, did? She's nine months old. And okay. my husband and I both like love food. And we're like, what? you know, obviously you can't make kids love food. She loves food. She really eats everything like it's cr- like I was eating some like leftover Thai curry and she was eyeing it. And I was like, all right, it's spicy. Like you could try it. And she she loved it. She just like really? hey, I kept giving her spoonfuls of it. I was like, oh, this is good. This is we got to keep this up. So <laughs> yeah. So we you know in the morning we make breakfast together, and she you know she's really into eggs right now, and she she likes veggies. So I had I she's not supposed to have too much salt. So we work with like other spices a lot. You know, just trying to get her used to different flavors and textures. So I can't wait. Last Hanukkah, she was born right before Hanukkah. So 
I and I we we had like all these traditions together that she she obviously won't remember, but we you right. know we watched a cheesy Hanukkah movie together, Aww. and then we we made Hanukkah cookies, and she just laid there like a blob, and I decorated them, and then <laughs> and then I had latkes, and she watched me eat latkes. So this year she can have a latke, and probably can't help decorate the cookies, but she'll she'll probably try to grab them. So I'm excited for some traditions with her. Yeah, she'll get there eventually. What What do you think will be the first recipe that you teach her to actually like make when she's old enough? Mm, well, probably I love so my, my cookbook is all desserts and something I didn't really think about when I did the cookbook is that people love baking with their kids. So a lot of fam- like parents and kids like made the recipes together. So definitely, I think my family, we grew up baking. So it'll be mm-hmm. have to be some kind of baking recipe. Maybe, maybe rugula. I think it's, you know, oh, she can okay. kind of help me roll them and mix together and stuff. So there's some aspects that she can do. And of course, eat them. <laughs> of course, eat them. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite rugula filling? Oh, that's so tough. I recently did one for Food Network. That's So I love chocolate. And this mm-hmm. one had chocolate and pretzels in it. Ooh. So, like, so I added like a little like crunchy, salty texture. I love I like sweet that. and salty too. Mm-hmm. So um, that's like maybe my new favorite, but probably probably chocolate. In general. Okay. Yeah. In general. Just, <laughs> yeah. just when in doubt, chocolate. Exactly. <laughs> but I like, I, mean, I like cinnamon too. People, you know, it's, was it Seinfeld or like the other babka? I like cinnamon too, just as much. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've been developing recipes for foodnetwork.com. You've got this digital series. What's next on the on the vision board? Oh, well, so, you know, I'd love a rematch on Guy's Grocery Games. I didn't okay. win, but yeah, my, my steak was slightly underdone. And one of the judges didn't like eggplant, which I just think is, you know, how can you go on the show? Not like eggplant. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a bummer. But um, yeah, I'd like to. My cookbook is uh, seven years old. It's called Sweet Noshings. So it, it's all desserts. So I'd love to do a savory cookbook at some point when mm. I have a little more time. And then, you know, it's an excuse to go on tour again. I did. So I did so many virtual cooking classes during COVID. I'm like, no more Zoom. I'm done. Like, I'm like, I'm <laughs> You're like, ready to get I'll out there. there. Yeah. I'm like, I really I just miss like interacting with people. You know, blogging can be kind of a, a lonely job. You have all your Internet friends and, you know, you're. You're in your. I work at you. You can see I work in my closet. You know? <laughs> like, like, so I'd, I'd like to to get back out there again too. And and I mentioned I have my online Judaica store, Modern mm-hmm. Tribe. So that's something I'm really passionate about, like making more products. That you know, it's it's really hard to find cool Jewish products, which I think kind of go with the modern Jewish recipes. You know, people can really celebrate being Jewish in their own way. So this year we came out with our own Hanukkah pajamas that I think are super cute. Oh, and love. we have a menorah. So kind of we're coming up with a, a candle for for Passover. So working, you know, I'm working on more stuff like that, too, which which I'm excited about. Yeah. You got to do the full, you know, Jewish food like merch line for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're, that's kids we're, we're all the way up to adults. On. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, the pajamas have latkes and sufgani yot donuts cute. on them. So everything's a little food related, of course. And then I will say the candle is food scented. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that. And uh, we'll continue to watch and, and see your, your journey continue to evolve. We're going to finish things off with a little rapid fire round. And then we have one final question for you. Okay, great. Network obsessed. All right. First rapid fire question. Favorite Jewish holiday? Definitely Passover. I love the food and all the traditions and the Seder and, and the challenge of cooking in the, in the Passover rules. Okay. Do you have a, a go-to family breakfast tradition? Oh, for Yom Kippur? Mm-hmm. Bag- d- bagels. I, I have one, <laughs> two bagels. One bagel with lox, cream cheese, all the fixings. The other bagel, half egg salad, half tuna salad. I like all of, I like, I like, I want every bagel. So you want all that. of the yeah, bagels. <laughs> all that. And then some, some noodle kugel on the side and then I'm good to go. All right. Next recipe you're excited to try. 
Well, you know, I'm already dreaming of Hanukkah and doing twists on latkes is one of my favorite things. So I'll definitely be working on that soon. But also I'm a total basic fall girl. So give me, <laughs> I'm like, I've already like stocked up on my pumpkins. I'm okay. like, I'm, I'm going to make my daughter some pumpkin pancakes. She's getting pumpkin muffins. It's it's all happening. So it's, it's yeah. all happening. <laughs> I'm no, no shame. No shame. Favorite thing for sale on your website, Modern Tribe? Well, yeah, I have to give a shout out to my own Hanukkah pajamas. But something that I did not design is a seven foot tall inflatable dinosaur. And there's Whoa. a unicorn, too. So there's the Dinoka and then the Unica. So, you know, there's <laughs> all those like Christmas inflatables. Like, why don't we have Jewish ones? I sure. mean, there might be a reason people don't want to advertise their Jewish with a seven foot tall unicorn. But apparently people do because they're very popular. So uh, <laughs> I love them. And you can also display them inside. They're not just for outside. So. <laughs> all right. Well, you're perfect bagel and locks. I guess I should have asked you this after the other question. Oh, yeah. No. So I, I grew up in Connecticut, but we spent a lot of time in New York City. Mm-hmm. Every time we take the train in to Grand Central Station, we go over to Essa Bagel. They have giant bagels, so much cream cheese, which I think is the way to go. <laughs> so much. Lo- like it's so much, so much of everything. So that, you know, I, I dream of their bagels all the time. I grew up <laughs> eating those. <laughs> Love that. Next travel destination. Hopefully we haven't booked it yet. I, we went to Japan for mm-hmm. my honeymoon. And it's like one of my favorite places I've ever been. And we're hoping to go back and bring our daughter. So, oh, yeah, fun. Uh, well, speaking of which, favorite yes. thing to do with your daughter. So I love I love a, a leisurely Saturday morning. I'll let my husband sleep in and she and I, we live in San Francisco. So we'll go like for a walk. We'll go to the farmer's market, maybe mm. pick up something new for her to eat. And then we usually I make breakfast. And I make like the same thing for us both to eat. So we kind of make breakfast together. And Cute. she's always trying to like grab. She's trying to eat things right away. So I just like you know, shove something in her mouth. And, and then we have breakfast, I have my coffee and I kind of tell her what we're going to do for the weekend. And, you know, we have our little morning, morning chat. So it's so fun. Yeah, it's super fun. Yeah. It's your guys' little special time. I love yeah, that. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. All right. So final question. And this is not rapid fire. You can take as long as you want on this. And there are no rules. And so the question <laughs> is, what would be on the menu for your perfect food day? So we want you to kind of take us through the day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert, of course. You can travel, time travel. Anybody can cook these meals. You can cook them, whatever you want to do. There's no rules. It's just like your ideal day of food. Yes, I, lo- I love this question. There, there's just so many different directions we could go. I'm not going to go totally Jewish food because I do eat a lot of other food, too. <laughs> OK, fair. Um, so I'm going to start right here in San Francisco, where I live. I've got to get dim sum. We grew up mm. eating a lot of di- like dim sum. is just one of my favorite traditions, uh, even though it's not my tradition. We just we'd go and you know, you'd wait for your turn. It just was an mm-hmm. all day event. So one of my favorite places in Chinatown in San Francisco is Great Eastern. Uh, they're just their food is just amazing, and I'm also assuming I have unlimited appetite, so I'm just of eating course, like everything. Yes. And calories there. don't count. All oh no, no, yeah. yeah, calories never count. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I can start to mine, but but I do get full. So we're to start there. Usually I have okay. dim sum. I'm like good for the rest. You're of done the day. for the day. <laughs> yeah, but not this time. This time now we're gonna fly for lunch. Okay. So my my husband and I lived in Puerto Rico for a few years. Right, right after we met, he got a job opportunity in Puerto Rico, and he said, "I won't go unless you'll come with me." And I said. Claro, let's, you know, let's go. So, <laughs> so we lived there for a few years and I do really miss all the food there. So I'm going something very simple. We're just getting an alcapuria on the beach there. That's like a fried yucca like stick and it's either mm. filled with, with crab or ground probably beef or pork. So and I'm going non-kosher. I'm getting the crab one. So okay. <laughs> it's the best one. Sounds um, like a perfect yes. beach snack. Yes. For and sure. I had to, I'm going to add in a cocktail. Oh, so, well, definitely. so I, my husband, so people are always like, you know, same probably with you. People are like, oh my God, you're so lucky to be married to Amy. I'm like, actually, my husband cooks more than me and he's a really good cook. <laughs> he's been doing it since I've had a baby. He's been doing all our cooking pretty oh, much. Like, so I do so like sweet. maybe one meal a week and then I do all the 
I feed the baby, right? So okay. like, yeah, I do that. You've got an so important I'm, job. I've got yeah. an important job. So I'm like, no, I'm the lucky one. And he also, he cooked for me on our third date, which is really like people would never cook for me. They were scared. So I was like, this guy's got guts. I'm, I'm very impressed <laughs> with him. So uh, I didn't have time to make, to get a whole meal in for him, but I, he makes the best banana daiquiris. So I'm going to have him make a banana daiquiri that I can enjoy on the beach while I'm eating my alcapuria in Pinones, <laughs> Puerto Rico, which is where they have the best alcapuria, I think. Okay. So then after that, we're going to keep flying to Japan. Mm. So that's where we went on our honeymoon. I've been wanting to go to Japan for years and I really worked it up in my head. I was like, what if I, I'm disappointed. I'm like, no, it's the best place on earth. Like every, <laughs> I just like loved, we were in Tokyo, Kyoto. We went to this little onsen town and swam with monkeys and the oh snow. My gosh. And it was just like, everywhere we went was, was the best and people were so nice. And the food, I did, we did not have a bad meal. But the best meal was a 30-course omakase dinner at Sushi Tomoki that was like, people were like, we were there, we were the only non-Japanese people there. And people were like, how did you find out about this place? You know, they're like, (laughs) who let you in here? And like, we, our hotel, like, concierge shop set it up. It was incredible. Again, like, so nice. Everything was so seasonal and like, so specific. Like, at the end, they were like, here's an orange that was picked because today is the peak day for oranges. And like this one we got from the best tree of the best, you know, the best orchard. Wow. And it was the best orange I've ever had. So every- <laughs> and everything was like that. It was like incredible. And then I thought I have to include a family recipe. So for dessert, I'm going to go back to Worcester, Massachusetts, and I'm going to bring back my great grandma and we're going to make some rugla together. Aww. She'll probably want cinnamon, but I'll insist on chocolate. So we'll have both. And <laughs> that's what we'll have for dessert. <laughs> well, that sounds like a fantastic food day. It's been so much fun just hearing your story and your journey and continued success in the future. Thank you so much. I love chatting with you. You can watch Amy's episodes of Served Family Style on foodnetwork.com. And make sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a thing. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review. We love it when you do that. That's all for now. We'll catch you foodies next Friday. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.